The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 23rd, 2017, season 13, episode number 59. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and it is a victory Monday. Cowboys get a big win yesterday. Uh, They beat the San Francisco 49ers 40-10. Been a while since the Cowboys have had that dominating a performance on both sides of the ball. Uh, And there are lots of things for us to get into and talk about. How's everybody feeling this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Good. The Cowboys got to win. Dave and I are wearing comfy clothes. Yeah. Yeah, everything's good. <laughs> got to let everybody know we're matching. Yeah. Yeah, the flannel. Got Love five it. whole hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's always great. Five yes. full hours of sleep. Actually, five full hours of sleep coming off a road trip to the West Coast is actually not bad at all, right? You guys have had worse. I was going to say, the sad thing is you're right. Right. You guys have had worse, I'm sure. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of this stuff. And I guess there were so many different things that happened in that game and so many different points. Why don't we start first with uh, going around the table and I want to hear everybody's, uh, if you had one thing that you took from that game, that was kind of the storyline of the game, the biggest headline of that game, what would it be? Let's start with you, Dave. Saw some Cowboys football, Derek ran the ball at will. Ezekiel Elliott did Zeke stuff. He was ripping off chunk yardage. He took a screen pass to the house. The offensive line was blowing people off the ball. And, yeah, I know that the San Francisco 49ers are now 0-7, but what were they, 18th against the run going into that game, giving up 118 yards per game? Well, the Cowboys ran for 265, which is the best that an NFL team has done in 2017. So regardless of the opposition that was impressive it was it really was and it i think everybody listening would agree that that's what they remember watching maybe it wasn't always 265 but uh that ability to remove the ball on the ground seemingly at will i think is what this team has been missing for the vast majority of this season it was cool to see again amber I mean, yeah, that would have to be the storyline here. But aside from that, one of the things that definitely stood out for me was that Jason Witten catch, one-handed catch, and especially because – what? No, I was saying uh, that's a heck of a catch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, especially because during these past couple of weeks, I mean, I've been getting a ton of tweets talking about Jason Witten. Uh, oh, maybe he's too old now. He can't really play at the same level he used to. And clearly, you got to see Jason Witten make a great play right there. Another thing that was exciting to me was on the defense side, all those sacks that they were able to make. And I was sad to not see Tackle kind of step <laughs> up because, I mean, they gave him the biggest – I mean, they gave him a big chance here to let him play and hopefully make those kind of plays that we've all been waiting for and – he wasn't really able to do that once again. So that wasn't a great storyline. I'm going to say, but, I thought this was something I, I you were excited the, I, about. No, yeah, I started with the excited part, but then it turned into, yeah, let's talk about tackle. Again. And I think it's something worth talking about, and we will get to, get into that. Nick, what was your big storyline? I, I think those two said it. Um, they ran the ball well. They uh, they rushed the, the quarterback well. And, you know, they they – when you get off the field on third down and, and, and create and create some turnovers, that's the thing that they got. They got turnovers. Uh, I guess they do come in bunches. So they they did a nice job there. Um, I think I think if you're gonna say one more thing, I mean, just you know, you can hate on them all you want, but but being an athlete helps. And Jeff Heath, I thought, did a really great job of going in there and 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 you know making some kicks. Um, you know, think about um, how tired you are to play safety and to go over there and, and to make and kicks like that. Yeah, and, and kick off like that. So uh, I still think they're going to need a kicker, obviously, uh, if, if Dan can't go this week. But I, to know that you have that in your in your hip pocket there it was, was a good thing. He was saying how nervous he was about doing that. He, I mean, he didn't obviously get a lot of time to prepare for it or anything. It was just like, okay, and you're about to go out there, get ready. And 
it was it was kind of cute to listen to him talk. <laughs> it was cute. It's like you know, I was really nervous, but it was fun. And even the first one that hit the the pole, is that how you call it? Yeah, the pole. The, Field goal. The, upright. Upright. Well, the metal part. Goal post. <laughs> goal post. And hit it and still oh, went an in. He got lucky there, but. It was cool. No, he did say he had more fun in that game than he's had in a long time in football. And it is. I think when you kind of go back to when you played as a younger kid, I'm sure he's had an opportunity to do a lot of different things on the field because he's probably the best athlete on the field. So this was probably just a lot of fun to just go out and play football in a lot of different ways. Let's back up and talk a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Dave, you mentioned him. He had 26 carries for 147 yards on the ground, a 5.7 average, two touchdowns on the ground, and then had the one big reception for 72 yards. Um, and a touchdown it was the best day statistically of his career and the thing that I thought was most interesting is we have been talking a lot over the last few weeks about uh, the Cowboys on first downs and how they were not getting the kind of production particularly in the running game um, on first downs yesterday um, in the first half they had 13 carries on first down had 87 yards on first down rushes a 6.7 average that's what they were doing last year, right? Um, in the second half, they had seven carries for 38 yards, 5.4 average on first downs. Again, that's more of what they were doing last year. I think that was really the key to the running game. More so than them having the big overall production, it was when they were doing it. It was on first downs, and then in the second half, when they wanted to put the game away, they were running at will. What would you guys think? I agree with that. The other thing, though, for me, and – I don't know if I ever bought into the storyline that Zeke was slow or overweight or lost a step, but I think you can go back and find a lot of instances where he just wasn't running decisively and uh, with a clear plan in mind for what he wanted to do. And I thought he didn't look like that yesterday. I, I mean, I think the very one of the very first plays of the game, uh, the middle was clogged and he kind of did his little jump cut and bounced it around tackle and turned what could have been a one or two yard gain into six or seven. And that's what he did so well last year. And I think hasn't done as well this year, but you saw that yesterday. He just, I mean, you know, the cliche is like running angry or whatever, whatever you want to call it. He was, he just seemed decisive. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew where he needed to take the ball in all situations. How much do you think that is a product of this offensive line? Because, number one, the offensive line played great yesterday, especially in the running game. You don't run that much without them playing great. But I do think of, of all the units, and we talk about this a lot, of all the units on the team, the offensive line is the group where it is way more important for them to work as a group than even as individuals. And they had two of their five pieces being new. Do you think that maybe a part of what we're seeing, at least yesterday, and what you really started to see toward the end of the game in Green Bay, is that maybe this offensive line is getting to a point where it's starting to gel enough to where it does allow situations where Zeke can be more decisive because he knows what's going to happen when it's going to happen. Well, I think uh, Jonathan Cooper, they found a little something there. I don't think they're going to go back to Chaz Green uh, any, anytime soon. Or I mean, you know, this is Cooper starting to get a little bit more comfortable. And I think coming off, I think you saw the difference. Um, really, the last three games with the Cowboys, you see a difference of teams that that are that are fatigued and teams that have rest. And I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. If you don't, we're not going to sit here and say it was an excuse. But the the Rams and Packers both had more time off than the Cowboys, and and you know, you I think I think that helped. And I think the Cowboys. Have, were fresh in this game. Uh, the offensive line looked good, and they were healthy as well. That's a big part of it. And, you know, the 49ers are a team that, that's played now six straight or seven straight games, and they played a lot of these close games, and, you know, the bottom just kind of fell out for them. So I, I think that that is a real thing in the NFL. We've seen the Cowboys on both sides of it. And we'll see how much that matters this week because Short week. their next team, Washington Washington. Redskins, are going to play tonight and then turn around and play the Cowboys on Sunday. We'll see if that day makes a difference right. in their preparation and them being physically. That game's in Philly, right? Um, uh, yes, it yes. is. So it's takes, on the road tonight, yeah. But that takes like an hour or something to get that. I would I guess, do they drive for something like know, that? Train, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, so. Go ahead. Before, well, before we get too far away from Zeke, I just, with how boring this team can be, quote-wise, sometimes things really jump out to me, which it jumps out when a Cowboys player, like, willing like willfully of his own volition brings up another game you know like it's usually the media that does that like I don't want to compare players I don't want to compare games so the media asked Zeke last night you know this is the this is the most that you looked like 2016 do you think that's fair 
is this the closest you've looked to what you looked like last year? And Zeke said, I think it was. We saw the Packers game before the bye. We saw in the Packers game before the bye, the offense really started clicking in the fourth quarter, and the running game started to open up. And I think we carried that over to today. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you don't need him to tell you that. You saw it with your own eyes. But anytime a player says something like that, I think uh, it carries a little more weight. Uh, like I said, especially, you know, players go out of their way to be so boring. So, and. 85 yards in the fourth quarter, 265 yards yesterday. So, uh, again, I mean, consider the opposition, but that's not – I mean, the front seven is not the worst part about the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, I think you have to view that as a really big positive heading into what is a really tough stretch of games coming up here. So Yeah, and the two new offensive linemen, I thought yesterday in particular – there were specific moments in that game when I saw both of them make some really nice blocks, both Lyle Collins and Jonathan Cooper. And if they get to the point where they're really working well in tandem with those other three guys, now I think you're on to something. If, if you remember back to training camp, one of the things I was really interested to see was Jonathan Cooper. I mean, people forget he was a first-round pick. Like, you put him with other first-round picks. Maybe he hadn't lived up to that in other places. People forget that? Well, maybe they do. I, I don't know if fans. I don't know if fans really think about that. They think of Jonathan Cooper as a has. They think of not. I shouldn't say has been. They think of Jonathan Cooper as a guy that isn't really that great, right? And and I don't. I certainly don't think they put him Green. in the category of the first round picks that are on this offensive line. And nor maybe, should he be. I think you're rewriting that story a little bit. I think the story about Jonathan Cooper when he got here was well, this guy was a top ten pick. I'm not talking maybe about no. when he got here. I'm talking about as I, of this training camp, he still wasn't a starter. And I don't think most people were thinking that he was going to be the starter at that point. Yeah, so, no one says four first-round picks. Yeah, no, they don't. But they and say so they say if the the storyline around Jonathan Cooper since he got here and through training camp was if there's a line that can bring out that talent in him, it's probably this one. Just saying, and we don't have to I, get into an argument about it. I think I, I think the point is the point I'm trying to make is that this offensive line with Jonathan Cooper to me maybe you can see the first rounder in Jonathan Cooper right. when you put him with these other guys. And maybe that's what you're starting to see a glimpse of. They still got a little ways to go, but that's maybe what you're starting to see a glimpse of. I actually asked, I talked to Jonathan Cooper last night. Uh, I'm going to write a story about it later, just as a teaser. But uh, I was like, you think, you know, obviously this is your third start. It probably helps that, you know, you know what Tyron's going to do and you know what Travis is going to do a little bit better. And he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. They know what I'm going to do. Like, let's, you know, those are two of the best players in the league. And, like, you know, working with them, uh, this experience helps them help me more so than I'm helping them. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it's certainly starting to click for them. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. Um, yesterday he has a stat line of, uh, so you go 16 of 25, 64% completion rate. 234 yards, three touchdowns, 134 passer rating, um, and then also rushes four times for 26 yards and a touchdown. Um, overall, I thought this is the the vintage what you want to see from Dak, primarily because the running game was so good. Yeah. Didn't throw too much, but when he had to, made some plays and then made a few plays with his with his legs as well. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no secret that that Zeke's the one that's that's driving this bus. Um, and, and, you know, 80, what, 72 yards of that is, is because of him. I mean, he throws a screen pass there, but, but that, that is kind of, that is set up by the fact that they could run the ball. And I thought, I thought Dak did a nice job of just kind of managing the game. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a game manager. There really isn't. And, and you can have good stat lines. It doesn't mean you're not a good fantasy quarterback. And, and that, I think he does it really well. He, he manages the game well, and he's okay with throwing incomplete passes when the sack is, is about to happen, and he knows where to find an eligible receiver and throw it at their feet. I mean, I think he, he avoids sacks. He avoids bad plays pretty well. So I thought overall he had a really a nice game. That's, I mean, yeah, you said it. That's how you want Dak to play. And we've seen that he can kind of put the team on his back a little more so than he had to, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily going to be good because that's not how you want this offense to play. Like he completed 16 passes. I don't think he threw the ball more than 12 or 15 yards downfield. I mean, how did he? Was Witten his touchdown, touchdown to Witten was 18. Yeah. So that might be the longest one. I, I and that's he has what, had a longer one than that, though. But it wasn't. Uh -uh. It wasn't. It was like twenty-seven yards, but, but it most of it was running. Yeah. yeah. It's that's exactly, and it's not that Dak can't do that stuff. That's not the conversation. It's that that's how you want to play offense. You want to set things up with the run. You want the defense not knowing for sure what's going to happen. You want to misdirect, and then he can make plays on the ground as well. That's. I mean, that's 
exactly how you want Dak to play in this offense. However, the most interesting thing is if you go back and you look at the numbers, in the first half before the game was out of hand, it actually was much closer to a 50-50 split. There yeah. was 19 pass, I mean 19 rushes, 17 passes. Um, so in the earth, this could have easily have been a game. Let's say they were playing a team where, like Green Bay, where they got to score a lot. This could have easily been a game where he threw as much as they ran, or maybe even more, just depending on how the game went. But the beautiful part is, again, the running game was working on first downs, and in the second half they had a lead, and the running game was actually effective in the second half, so they really could put the game away. And you know, I don't even think of the play calling like the balance in terms of you know whether they're playing the way they want to play. They were averaging six yards per carry at halftime. That's the difference. And you mentioned the stat about running on first down. You're giving Dak second and fives and second and fours and third and ones. It's that, I mean, this isn't an offense that's meant to be converting long distances and they don't have to when they're running that way. Nor are most offenses like around the league. You, you, you get teams in in second, third and long. And and typically you're going to be able to get them off the field. If your defense can do that if they don't have Aaron Rodgers (laughs) if your defense can manage to do that um okay let's take our first break when we come back I want to dive a little bit deeper into this defense uh and what they were able to do yesterday we we give them a lot of a lot of uh we talk about them quite a bit and and usually not positive uh but yesterday they showed some really positive signs in a couple different areas that we should talk about we'll do that when we come right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio we the entertainment loving people want a smartphone built for us with AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios we're talking about the cowboys a big win they beat the san francisco 49ers in san francisco 40 to 10 was the final score um before we move on to the defense though i did need to uh, bring this up Ezekiel elliott this morning um found out some good news about this coming week um in the game as far as his case is his legal case is concerned Nick, Dave, you guys want to give us a little bit of insight into the news on that? Uh, yeah, Judge. I don't. Man. Was it Judge Failure? Was it? She's the one that's on. The NFL requested to expedite his hearing to this week so that they could get this matter sorted out before the Cowboys played Washington. That's not going to happen. Uh, the federal court denied that request. Zeke's hearing on his TRO is scheduled for October 30th at 5 p.m. Wait, this is on the injunction. Yeah. Not the I'm, TRO, correct? I just want to make sure. You're, no, you're right. Okay. The hearing to whether or not to grant the injunction yes. is on the 30th, which means the TRO is going to go the full 14 days, which means Zeke will be on the field in Washington on Sunday. And assuming, and I guess after we had the conversation with Daniel last week, in the event that the judge doesn't have a ruling immediately there from the bench, then would they need to extend the TRO at that point? I believe so, yes. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And, and I would imagine 
Uh, he also said, you know, this probably won't be a 45-minute hearing. This will probably be hours and hours or, you know, whatever, which the reporter and me, I'm like, oh, great, a hearing at 5 p.m. That'll take several hours. Yeah, that goes your evening. Hope you didn't have anything planned next Definitely night. not. Um, <laughs> but about the NFL. It's just kind of ir- ironic, really. Yeah. It's like It's like – and guys will know this when they're waiting, and, and they're waiting on somebody to get ready, and they take forever, <laughs> forever. Uh, you hate that as much as forever. That. And then, and then you finally get in the car, and then they're wondering why you're not going faster, and why 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 you're late. And, and it's like the NFL is going to wait <laughs> for 13 months, and now they they want to speed up the process. Like why why is this taking so long? Like this is all on them. And so it's just kind of funny how now now things aren't moving fast enough for the NFL. Good point. Yep. I didn't. I'm not married, so I didn't really. Well, they, back uh, then. It was on, in their hands. They had control over it. Right. Now it's out of their hands. They never thought that the league <laughs> would take it this far. They they just thought they would just kind of take it and then like, oh, now you know the season's going to start and you're going to miss games. If they really thought that – if they couldn't see this coming, then they are stupid and don't deserve the salaries that they make, and I'll gladly take some of that money. They. Just just the, a big the, they. The, to the, to the, the they. League. The they. Whoever that is. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. If you didn't see this coming, like yeah. after what happened with Brady last year, you had to know this was going to continue to be the way that players found remedy. Now, um, a guy that situation, a guy who wasn't charged with a crime was just going to take six games worth of no right. checks and that label. He was, yeah, no. Why would he fight that? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so but Ezekiel Elliott will be on the field on Sunday against Washington. Um. Uh, Still don't know beyond that, so stick with us. But <laughs> he will be playing against the Redskins. This may be a week-to-week thing. It, we it, it is. It has been all year. It has been. The one thing I will say, though, is when we get to this to this injunction hearing, um, I would assume once they make a decision there, then you kind of by yourself, it, assuming it falls in Zeke's favor to where he's allowed to play until the point that they have a resolution in court, you would assume that this – probably get you through the rest of the season because then it actually is waiting until the actual court case. And that I assume is going to take a while to get through the courts, right? I don't want to speak definitively about something I barely understand, but based on my very basic understanding, I think if he's granted this injunction, it probably means he'll be available until the end of the year or through the end of the year. Right. So the interesting part will be what happens in the event that this thing gets to January and let's assume for a second the Cowboys are in the playoffs. That becomes sticky if if you have the case then and then rules against him. Alfred Morris, Super Bowl MVP. Next question. Let's go. <laughs> hey, worry about that when we get there. We will worry about that when we get there. Hopefully it doesn't happen this year. And hopefully this is something that if, if he's going to have to serve the suspension at this point, hopefully it's just next year and just kind of deal with that as a 2018 problem knowing that it's coming. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the the talk on the defense. Um, as I said before the break, we've talked a lot about the defense. Rarely has it been in positive terms. There are a few guys that we've talked about positively. Uh, but yesterday, I think they put it all together. And really, here was the interesting thing. They got the sacks. They've been getting sacks all year, but they had five sacks yesterday. The big thing I think that was critical that they haven't been getting regularly is the turnovers. And yesterday they got three of those turnovers, and the offense didn't turn it over at all. Got to think that that's a really big positive step uh, for this defense, correct? Yeah, and, and special teams. I mean, it started on special teams. They did a nice job of knocking the ball out there. And, and you know, I, I thought, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence continues to play just out of his mind. And, and um, you know, that that right there is, is one of those plays that I think that – you know, high school coaches w- would want to put on highlight tape and show their their players on 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 from a motor standpoint. You know, getting off the edge, making the play, going down, getting up, getting the ball. I, I just thought that would that was just a, a great play all the way around. And then taking it all the way. And to then the taking zone, it all the just way. Just in case he would have run all the way to L.A. if the, if it was open there. I mean, just in case he wasn't going to stop. And you know, I loved that after the uh, game in the press in the uh, locker room. He was like, look, man, I had like 30-something rushes. I'm supposed to get at least one. I mean, like, I think I should have more. You know, it, it's like his mentality is such that I'm not really happy Just with one, even the nine-and-a-half yeah. I have right now for the season. I really think I can get more. And I'm excited to see that in players that it's not really – like, there are a lot of guys that be leading the league in sacks thinking, hey, this is great. I'm the best in the league at what I do. And that doesn't seem to be his approach. We got guys happy about catching the ball. <laughs> I mean, elaborate. 
I'm just saying, I mean, you know, there were some some players on the team that were excited about catching the ball on a pass that didn't count, but but they caught it and made a nice play and didn't get their feet. I, was, I know where he's going. I was, I was, <laughs> but pretty excited about it. I was lost, and now I'm, I was. I'm found. Yeah, pretty excited. <laughs> I don't think we need to let everybody. We don't need to elaborate. Let's, okay. just, let's just move on. Go back. What would you say? They saw. Just go. The Easter yeah. eggs down there on the on the sidelines. Yeah. Good. It was a good play. It was a good it catch. Uh, far be it from me to suggest that Demarcus Lawrence is solely motivated by money because he actually. I mean, he said last week he's not really worried about his contract. Uh, you know, if the team wins, everything will take care of itself. All that good stuff. But he has to know what's at stake if he keeps playing like this. No doubt about it. And, yeah, so, and I well, wasn't suggesting that we did. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, I wouldn't be satisfied by one sack either. I'd be like, yeah, let's get this. Let's get these numbers up yep. for this contract talk. Let's he's, go. He's he's headed he's headed toward a game called tag. Yup. I don't and you know I I honestly don't know for a guy like him. What is the tag? Oh, I looked this up a couple weeks ago. I want to say it's like eighteen million for a defensive end <laughs> or something like that. It might that might be it might be it might be fifteen. It's high. Is he one of those guys you it's think high. that would hold out if if they tagged him? I, that's hard to predict. I you know, know fr- I don't honestly. The franchise tag is is so it's so hard to predict and it's so divisive. I would, depends on the guy. Some guys I are hardcore. Like, like I don't want the tag and I will do whatever. And some of them will tag. say you're going to guarantee me eighteen yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Okay. I mean, look at Dwayne Brown out in Houston. He just reported today, right? Yeah. That's one end of the spectrum. And then you've got the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Who has gone on, had taken the cat tack for a few years and been like, if you're going to pay me that much for a year, bring it on. I'll take it, you, right? It's betting on yourself. So you just never know. You never know. The, fu- the funny thing is, I mean, the franchise tag was created for guys like Demarcus Lawrence. Like, he's had an up and down career. He had, he had not prior to this year lived up to the billing of a top 40 pick. Um, he, he's been injured and uh, back injuries, which we've talked about at length, which are scary and persistent. Suspensions. Suspensions. That forgot about that. Suspended uh, across the board is a guy that you probably would not feel comfortable giving a big money extension to, and now he's playing like the best defensive end in the league. That's why they, you got to make a decision. That is why they created this in the first place, so that you can reward him for being great without giving him that kind of guarantee. You gave me one year. I'm going to give you one year. And the but the thing is, is logically. It makes all the sense in the world, but if DeMarcus doesn't want to play under the tag, he you can't force him to. So there's no way to predict that. It's way too early in the year to even – I mean, who knows? For all we know, he could finish with as many sacks as he has right now. I mean, it's hard to predict. I don't think that will happen. But even if he does, nine and a half sacks Great point. should suggest that he's going to get a pretty decent contract so if he's allowed to become a free agent. I, I would imagine that I'll be in Mobile and Indianapolis badgering the Joneses about – this that's my that's all i feel comfortable predicting Is that the biggest free agent they had this year no doubt i mean i'm trying to uh, anthony hitchens is hitchens. probably number two and that's not even in the same stratosphere i think hitchens. Well, i do think he's important well you know? uh Bri- important. bryce butler bryce butler i mean it's kind of a big deal dj duffel bag no all right i can't sell you on that hey bryce is doing a really good show for us right now so i'm actually i want him to stick around because i like the show but we'll see um yeah, I can't think of anybody that comes close to DeMarcus in terms of free agency importance. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's all fun stuff we'll be able to talk about later in the year. All right, um, let's move on and talk a little bit about Dan Bailey. He uh, kicks a couple, I think it was a couple extra points uh, early in the game. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah two. A couple Sorry. extra you're points. You're right, yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, the Cowboys score a touchdown, and they're going for two, and I know for me, I'm like, why are they? What, what's going? On? Why would you go for two in yeah. this situation? Then we find out it's uh, so that he's that he's that he's out with a groin injury. It's so funny, like how like we're we're the media, like we're and uh, we're there, we're there, and literally, my best friend shouts out Meg texted me and she's like what's wrong with dan i'm watching right. like where where is he? he they say he's hurt and i'm like i have no idea what right. you're talking about i'm literally in the press box i thought he was fine i just thought they decided to go for two so uh yeah that was surreal um and, and that happens pretty regularly like, seriously like, like well people are telling me things that i should that i should be able to see but we can't see them from the press box we are often the last people to hear this stuff yeah 
but uh, he's he he missed the the part of the game with the groin. Uh, Nick, you talked about um, uh, Heath going in and, and kicking. And I thought for a guy that's a yeah. defensive back that had to be called into emergency duty, did quite well, especially on kickoffs, and then also had the two extra points. Uh, missed one, but he had two that he hit. Um, but really, the I think the story here is what goes on at this point. Uh, where do we? What do we know? Do we know anything about the status of his injury at this point? No, I, I, not that I know. I, I I don't know if they've even looked at him yet. He probably um, it's their day off, but now he he is he's required to come in. Uh, so I'm sure that the, they'll get a good idea on it. But I would imagine that. This is probably bad news for Kellen Moore. That's that's what I would suggest uh, because wow. because they have to get a kicker. There's no way you can have three quarterbacks and two kickers on your team. I don't think that this this roster is built for that. So um, I, I just the fact that they brought in Cooper Rush to play and, and he he got a chance to to do some stuff. I don't know if Jason Garrett was predicting a thirty point blowout, and and that's why he wanted him in the, up there, but. Um, I just I would think that this week you got to go out and get a kicker. Um, just I don't know. I don't know who's out there. There is no update on a timetable or anything like that. But Jason Garrett, he does his radio hit every morning after the game, which is impossibly early considering we all got back at one o'clock in the morning. But he did say that they're going to work out some kickers this week. So, I mean, but like Nick said, I mean. Even if he's theoretically okay to play on Sunday, you can't just wait around and hope that that's going to happen. You, you need gotta, a kicker for the Washington game. Yeah, not only you need it, you just need to have somebody. You know, like you're not going to. I mean, it's not like a wide receiver where it's like, all right, well, that we looked at him all week and Des can't go, so Noah Brown's up. It's like if you don't have a kicker, then you don't have a kicker. Uh, so yeah, I think they're going to work some guys out this week. You know, there are guys out there, I'm sure, and there are probably some older guys that are pretty good at, at making field goal kicks for you. They might be older, but you know, I, I would think if you got a guy that's a pretty good kicker, but he doesn't kick off that well, I would think that you you lean that way anyways. You just give me a guy that can make some kicks. Because if I have to, I can put Jeff Heath out there to kick the kick off. Kick off. Yeah. I mean, I it's not going to be great. But like, I'm not saying it was you, but people in the press box were joking before Heath's first kickoff. Like, well, this will go to the 30. I, I did. I, I thought it would go to the 25 yard line. I didn't like, think it this would. is going to look like a high school game. Like, but and clearly not. Like that. That might have been more impressive than hitting a couple of extra points. Really. Like, yeah. he had two touchbacks. And then the ones that he had that weren't touchbacks bounced down inside the ten yard. Line. They were they were hard to to catch. yeah and yeah and guy bobbled one of them like way to go Jeff. But would you guys not worry about repetitive motion for a guy that's not used to doing that? I mean I I would I would worry a little bit about his leg getting sore and uh, yeah. you need him to run and so does because he's not accustomed to the rigors of doing that over and over again. Does that become a problem? Well, they're not always going to score 40 points. <laughs> That's a good point. And <laughs> kick off. That's a really good I'm, point. Ideally, you'll just sign a kicker that can do both. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, but if they're out there. Yeah. I are they? I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's there's guys there seems out there. to be kickers. Is Roberto around. is Roberto Aguayo about to be uh, no, no, please no, don't. we're not going please that road. Don't. I is there a long list of you? definitively I, better kickers? I would I would bet the you there's somebody pick? I would bet you there's some kicker out there. That's a veteran kicker that's had some success in this league that's right now sitting on his couch waiting for somebody to call. It seems like Garrett there's Hartley, more Dave. Hey, Saints, Saints Super Bowl yeah. hero Garrett Hartley. There's some, there's some guys out there. Right now. Aguayo has been horrible since he's gotten in the NFL. I mean, he's a first-round – what was a first-round pick or second-round pick? Did they cut Folk? Yeah. He's on, on IR, I think. Uh, is, he, is that what happened? IR. Not, he's not their kicker anymore. I don't know if he's on IR or not. He's on IR. I, I might be, be on IR. Well, at this point, it's not like you can get IR. too peaky with who you Great. can get. That's like my you point. have to get whoever I'm, you can. I'm going to step out. Peaky. <laughs> I'm going to step out on a limb right now and say like four guys are going to work out here on like Wednesday, and Roberto Aguayo is going to be one of them. Uh, Please no. I, I don't have any inside Please information. No, Dave. Don't even don't I just, even put I'm that in the atmosphere. Like no. The guy's been horrible. He's been I know horrible. He, he, I know he's been horrible. He's also, like, physically, he's he's got to be the most physically talented kicker yes. on the street right now. But the problem is Aguayo, he's he's a guy you pick up if you want to develop, if you want to give a kicker a chance to grow. Right right now, they need a kicker for right now to get them through whatever number of games, if there are going to be any games, when their kicker's going to be out. Because guess what? As soon as Bailey's back, they're getting rid of him. So you don't want a guy that's that's got – 
some issues and you got to help him work through those issues because that doesn't help you now. I'm just, I'm just, I just got a feeling. We'll see if I'm right. I don't know. Please don't. Nick, you, you mentioned that you thought this might be bad for Kellen Moore. Would it also maybe be, be a, a situation where you just brought up Ash? You probably didn't need to. We talked about it last week. You've been running with three defensive tackles most of the year. You don't necessarily need to have that extra body. Could they? Could Richard Ash be a guy that they just you know cut again to get him back to the practice squad? Hopefully, I don't think so. Number one, I, he played a lot in the game. Played pretty well. Uh, and he played pretty points. well. I, I don't. I don't think um, that you want to let him go. He gives you something, um, you know, that that you don't really have with some of the other guys. I mean, he's got a, he's he's got a lot of size to him. So I I I, I would imagine they're going to keep him up um for the next few weeks now we can talk also about the defensive end situation and and what was going on there and and i think some some things are going to come out from from that like i don't really know all the details but i know that it's more than just playing time there's a reason why they set demontre moore and benson mayowa um i don't i don't know but it just seems like some kind of your rule like, was broken or red flags should be raised yeah two established you know veteran starter caliber guys are in by the way who haven't played poorly like yeah it's not like they've been i don't think they've been they haven't played poorly but they played better than taco charlton exactly yeah and, and and that's what they so I, i'm not saying this happened please do not quote me as saying this i mean this just seems like a missed meeting curfew type of thing that's what it just seems like so just all of a sudden two guys same position not playing this game that just seems weird to me that have been playing yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah i mean but i'm not saying that happened because we really don't know but but there's some kind of rule procedure or something that was broken i think it, like when when the inactives list shocks people that are like in the know in the yeah. organization that is typically, it usually points to yeah, something like typically that. Typically a sign that. I, I asked the question. I said, so I'm trying to figure out. I'm down on the field, and I asked some people, and I said, okay, what is it? wait. So Mayowa and Demontre Moore? Because he kept saying more. I'm like, yeah, I got it. A quarterback's out. He said, no, no, the other more. Both more. Two more. Moore and Mayowa are both down. I said, they're both down for this game. Said, yes. Why? <laughs> because they're both down. <laughs> okay. And then we started the show. I could see that, Good that times. whole thing yeah. go down, too. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little dramatic pause. <laughs> and probably just looked at you like, because they're down. Yeah, because they're like, down. what else do you need to know? Right. <laughs> you know, you can tell when someone's, like, staring at you with sunglasses on. Like, they got yeah. sunglasses, and you, you know that they're still staring at you. Like, well, at least you get smacked crazy in the head. head you, know? you guys ever see Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. no. Huh? Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. He's like, we've got top men working on it. Who? Top men. No, no, this isn't resonating. No, it's not. I, I watched it like long time ago. Now, it's a classic. Many, many, you should watch it again. Well, it's impressive it's, because it probably came out when you were born uh, or like before. Decade before I was born, yeah. I decade. did have one more question before we go to break. And I, you and I talked about this in the press box, Nick, press box, Nick as they were deciding what they were doing with the kicking situation. Why isn't that every team has their punter? And I thought you made a good point about this, so I wanted to bring it there. But why didn't every team just make their punter their backup kicker? It doesn't make sense to me that you got a guy who's trained to kick, and maybe it's it's punting, maybe that's a different mechanics, but it's still kicking. And I would think that would be closer to kicking a field goal or kicking off than would be a guy that plays safety. I don't know the answer to this question 100%, but – not five minutes ago, you were worried that kicking off too many times would hurt Jeff Heath's leg. So why are you going to ask your amazing punter who's doing his job as well as anybody else on the team to mess with his motion? Because he kicks for a living. You're, like, like, that's you're, what he does. You're like, completely listen, simplifying this. Listen, you're completely simplifying it, it's, it, it's really, it is simple. How is that any different? It, it, I, I, really I like your point way more than what well, Dave's talking I, I, about. But, but, go ahead. But, but the point is, is if the best kicker the the backup kicker is the punter then I, I bet you he does it I bet you he, he'll do that but it's the whole operation of the snap the whole the kick if Chris Jones was the best guy to to, to kick the ball then somebody's got a hold and and yeah they can do it and I'm sure there's five players on the team that have done it before but Chris Jones does it. He he, he works with holding. He knows exactly where that ball's going to be and how to get it. The laces exactly like it needs to be. And the fact that they have Jeff Heath that can kick it. That's probably why this is the situation. He is the backup. 
If Jeff Heath kicked the ball out of bounds and kicked it, you know, like hit Bucky with the ball every time, then Chris Jones would probably be the kickoff guy. But, I mean, that's that's that just is. the way that it is. And you don't like to switch two positions if you don't have to, and so he's probably just as good, if not better, than Chris Jones. And Chris Jones is the holder. That's that's the, the operation as yeah. is. That's a way better makes sense. reason than what I just it said. Is. But much better. Don't like whatever. Don't mess with your punter's mojo. That's, that's if you have a guy. You think you're gonna mess with your safety's mojo? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, he's I mean, a safety. All right, we're being we're being real nice to Jeff Heath today, and he deserves it. But like mojo at safety. No, I'm just saying like he, he's not a trained kicker. Is I guess what I'm saying, and so and he doesn't practice. And doesn't play in the motion of I mean, kicking very often. That's the only reason I'm, I'm saying. Like you would think, I know punting is different than kicking, but it's much closer than playing safety and kicking. I would think. I got into nice little Twitter uh, situations with people because I asked the question: If you can do, if you can kick off to the three yard line, if you've got that ability to kick off, then why aren't you kicking extra points? Like why didn't they even try that? Yeah, they did later. Boy. Nasty responses about you don't know anything about football if you think it's the same. Well, it's definitely not the same, but you're still kicking the ball. Right. And and you can kick it, and you've got that motion and that ability. So I think over time we saw that I think Jason Garrett and the Cowboys figured out the same thing. Like, yeah, we could we could try. Plus the game got out of hand, and you could, you could kick it off. I mean, you could, you could try the field goals. I didn't see the third one. Third extra point was right down the middle. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. They'll both be on uh, Dan Bailey and Chris Jones will be on the Cowboys Hour tonight with Brad Chan. Maybe they'll talk about that then, why he's not the uh, kicker. Yeah, that'd be a good question. Who's on tonight? Chris Jones and Dan Bailey on the Cowboys Hour tonight. Dallas Cowboys. Is that 630 or 70? It starts at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. So Mm -hmm. make sure you check that out. Can you do that? Can you cover that for us? I think those guys. This is what Dave lives for. Those guys have never done a media opportunity alone. Like it, they always have to do it together. Yeah, they always. always well, they're always together anyway yeah. when they're around. Yeah. Well, there may be like a game show or something where we can like split them up or something like have that. Have good luck. Have, oh my, yeah. fun. <laughs> All right, let's take our final break. Come back. We'll get some questions from you guys. Our number is two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Again, it is two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We'll be right back. This is the break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having thanksgiving without the cowboys basically we wouldn't recommend it so next time you have a tailgate home gate or whatever else kind of gate grab some ice cold dr pepper for you and your friends to enjoy it's a dallas cowboys tradition dr pepper the one you crave it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller that's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live. I'm the opposite of that. From the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the star, Nick. Oh yeah, we gonna we're gonna shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. If you want that underwear that you can barely feel, but you know it's there, because sometimes you know you always need backup. You don't know when you're gonna lose your kicker, so sometimes you need some safety 
come in, save the day. I see what you did there. <laughs> I it was. I got the safety. I got a little lost on the kicker, but hey, you know, kind of. I get it, kind of. <laughs> think there's anybody out there Sorry. that's just like we're slowly, <laughs> we're slowly wearing them down. Like they didn't go for the Tommy John like the first. 500 times we read and those. Now All like, right. You know, today they're like, screw it. I'm getting some. We scored 40 points. Show's good today. I'm going to get some. Actually, that's hey. that's a good point. Like, today is the day to splurge. Like, if you're sure. if you're out there and you're listening and you Seriously. haven't been sold yet, today's the day. I see all let, these. Let, let me point this out, too, though. When you do, the people have gone to TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys, and they're like, I'm going to buy me a pair. I'm going to buy me three. I'm going to buy one pair. Yeah. Just one pair. But I'll tell you this. It's worth it. It is worth it. You'll know the difference. So. I had somebody tell me the other day, I think I'm I'm going to go all in and just re-outfit my entire underwear drawer with just Tommy John. Must like, be nice. That's how much they really Director. like them. I, no, it wasn't me. Somebody oh. was telling me that, and I was like, that's oh. probably a good thing. So they went to their media room to go and hang out and all that stuff. So they got, I mean, that's, you're dealing with. No, actually it wasn't. It was It was somebody that works with you guys. And oh. no, he's not like like big uh, time. Broda said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear. Stick I just get right up your rear. There we go. go. That's <laughs> more like Broda's there's a drop right. for everything. <laughs> I'm the only one that's been to jail. I hear people talk about Victory Monday polos and stuff. You know, like you want to have Cowboys gear to wear after a win. What's better than Tommy John? No, Tommy John no. underwear. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Stick right. it right up your rear here. Here you go. I'll never get tired of that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get some questions from you guys. Our number is 214-872-2102. And we also can uh, take questions on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We have a call first from Rob in Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey. It was uh, – hey, listen, you, you dropped 40 on the road. I don't care it's the 49ers. That was impressive. Uh, they didn't win 20 to 10. They won 40 to 10. They probably could have scored 50. Maybe. You know, uh, I thought Dez probably played his best game. Uh, he made some tough catches, especially that slant for the first down, which could have been picked. Maybe mm-hmm. it was he didn't wear a visor. I don't know. But Linehan, I thought, got a little cute in the first half. Uh, I thought they could have ran Zeke over and over and over again. I didn't think they needed to take him out. I think after the second series to bring Alfred Morrison, especially when they were down by the goal line, I thought that was some bad, bad play calling. But other than that, I thought they played great. I thought Ash actually did show up. It was nice to see a guy bring up from the uh, practice squad and actually do something. Yeah. And uh, just a great win. You know, it was an easy win. I didn't have to screw my head off. All right. Thanks <laughs> for the call. Um, I will, you know... Is it, is it nitpicking? Of course yes. it is. No, of of course it is. But I I don't I don't get the the Morris possession either. To be totally honest with you, I but don't, they do it. They've they done do it, it forever. They do it with consistency. And they're not going to change it. Like and we maybe say we want. They're not maybe it's a you know maybe it is a a way to limit Zeke's workload. You know I I think he was on he's on pace for somewhere around two hundred and fifty two hundred and eighty carries or something like that. Which is, that's well within an acceptable range for a feature back, you know, and it is, it's not an issue when you beat a team 40 to 10, but the thing that bugs me is it is an issue in a close game where, all right, your third possession probably comes somewhere early to mid second quarter. Let's say it doesn't go well. Then the 49ers get the ball. And all of a sudden, like Zeke hasn't, it's the third quarter and Zeke hasn't touched the ball since like late in the first. Because you know, you're always going to, most times you're going to get the ball first, which means the other team's going to get it coming out. And we have seen that play out in closer games than this. It's not an issue when you run for 265 and win by 30, but I don't like it and I don't get it. And it's no disrespect to Alfred Morris, but you have a 22-year-old beast of a running back that you're paying $4 million a year to, and I just don't – you know, if Alfred Morris was Darren McFadden and or, or Lance Dunbar even, and he had this very specific purpose, like an Alvin Kamara, where you know you're going to get him involved in the passing game and he can do different type of stuff, fine. But Alfred Morris is basically the same running back as Ezekiel Elliott, just not as good. And it, 
I don't, I don't understand that, and it bothers me. I don't think it's going anywhere, but I can at least empathize with fans who feel that way. Not to compare players, but just I know some of the things that Jason does, he kind of models after his own experiences. And so you look back at the 90s Cowboys and see certain patterns. Nick, you were watching as intently mm-hmm. back then as you are now, um, even though you didn't work for the team at that point. Um, well, my it, grades were bad. <laughs> hey, but you landed this job, right? Um, so, do you did you back then? Was that kind of was there were there moments in games when Emmett came out of the game specifically just to give him rest, not not to spell him when he was tired because he just had a long run, but just series where it was like, okay, Emmett's going to come out during this series in most games uh, because we're going to give him a break at that point and put somebody else in, whoever that might be. Yeah, there were times when, when that would happen. I mean, it would would come out of games. I mean, the, the, you're talking about a, a whole decade. So it also depend on depending on the player that they had. I mean, um, you know, Sherman Williams, I guess, would be one, and Chris Warren later in his career, and, and you know, but Emmett was such a different player because you know when Troy went down, they could win. They won games without Troy. They didn't win without Emmett. They, they didn't right. win. And that's why I think when you're looking at the offensive line, you're talking about great offensive lines in the history. You know, I don't know. And sorry, Nate, but I, I don't I don't necessarily know where that one ranks better than this one, because we've seen three different we've seen scenarios where guys come in and do well in this line um, and three different backs in the last four years. And so but when Emmett Smith was out, they didn't win. Derek Classic didn't let him win, and, and Lincoln Coleman and Troy Hambrick and Chris Warren and Sherman Williams By and him. whoever, they didn't win. That line, as great as they were, they they, they were great with Emmett. And so um, I, I just think that – I don't know where I'm going with that, but I, I just I feel like it was different. It's a different situation than, than, than pulling the guy out. But it's a big – I mean, we see we see the – you even said to me, like, why aren't they running the ball? It's like, they did run the ball. They ran it to Alfred Morris for no gain or one yard. I mean, they did. It's just it's just a different guy, but you know you want to run him into the ground, but then you love the fact that he's run away from people in the middle of the third quarter on a screen pass. It's a good point. So I'm not sure that you know three extra carries in the second quarter is the difference between that. And, I, and again, it's nitpicking, but I think the Cowboys knew this game was it going to happen. Maybe I think they. I, I mean, I think they were they run knew. away with it. I think they did. I think they looked at it and said, "Is that why they made Cooper?" Run I think so. I they think thought maybe there's a chance like, to get him in with a play. They're about to get. They're about to get beat down. That would be shockingly out of character for Jason Garrett. Yeah, to make a decision to to be so confident that you're going to get a big time win that you purposefully make your. If that's why they decided to make, make your rush active. active, yeah. I mean, well, if just you're making them inactive anyways was out of character for him. You know, I mean, just just changing it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, he's not going to wear gray today. No, he's not. <laughs> or white. Yeah. Oh. One thing we haven't touched on that I just I wanted to real quick. All right. Um, the run defense. Which. That was a Twitter question. Um. Oh. Thanks for taking somebody's <laughs> good question. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. You want to say their name so that at least they get a shout out? David Hellman. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, it still wasn't great. Bye. Like, you don't think? No. The Niners ran for 100 yards and averaged five yards per carry. Carlos Hyde had a long of 16 and ran for, you know, 12 and 14 yards. But here's the, here's the thing. The total was, what, 68? Is that right? Yeah, 14, well, and this is a double-edged thing because the 49ers ran the ball well, but what did we see? They had to stop doing it. That's that. I mean, it's not like this was ever a juggernaut of a defense. It's that when your offense is playing like that, you have to abandon the run. I looked at this. Carlos Hyde had 14 carries, six of which came after halftime, one of which came in the fourth quarter. He just They took him out of the game. You, you can't run the ball when you're trailing by yeah. 10. And as soon as you make them a one-dimensional team and put it all on the rookie's back, the, the defense was just coming. I but, remember thinking at one point, I think it was early second quarter, it was 14-3. to three. And and they were driving around the twenty yard line, twenty five yard line, and it was that Hannah had a holding penalty. Uh, Morris had a nine yard screen, got it back. And I remember thinking right then, I might have said this to you. I said, if they get a field goal here, it's going to be a tough game. It's going, we're going to have the. But if they score here, it's over. It's over. If they score a touchdown, and then I think two plays later, Witten one handed touchdown. 
which by the way, he did the exact same catch in Pat and Go, uh, like in the pregame. I was just watching him standing right there and he made the exact same one handed catch. I was like, man, that, nice, nice play. Yeah, well, same exact touch. Doing it with Jaquiski Tart draped right. over you. A little bit different. Jaquiski. But I, JT. Back and whiskey. With the amount of hype that we put on, and I personally put on Sean Lee and Anthony Hitchens playing together, I, I think the run defense could have been better. But it is encouraging to think that it, you, you can take that away if your offense is humming the way it's supposed to. And this all still goes back, I think it points back. I agree with your point, but I think it all points back to when the Cowboys are running the ball effectively, and I mean not just overall what your number is at the end of the game, but able to impose their will on teams when it comes to running the ball, everything else becomes a moot point. This defense is 100 times better when the offense is able to be efficient and able to, to stay ahead of the chains, and that means they keep them off the field, and that means they score points, and that means they get a lead. This defense is so much better. Everything on this team is predicated on how well can they run the ball, particularly on first down. The fourth quarter play-by-play is just like C.J. Beathard, incomplete. C.J. Beathard, sacked. C.J. Beathard, yep. complete for four yards. C.J. Beathard, incomplete. Like, you don't see any – there's no rush attempts. There's no nothing. There's just one-dimensional – Simple, effective. That's exactly right. Let's take a uh, question from Twitter. Well, we all saw that the Cowboys obviously dominated the 49ers. But if you were nitpicking and just taking account into account that it was indeed the 49ers, a team that had six straight losses, what is one specific area that each one of you thinks that they finally clicked and they finally did make some real improvement, putting aside the fact that they were playing against the 49ers. One area? Uh, about left guard. I mean, I thought Jonathan Cooper was – actually, we talked about it earlier, but I thought he had some really nice plays where, you know, he was out pulling and, and, and they kind of ran behind him or he opened up the lane. It wasn't just, you know, three guys and then – Two others. I thought those two others, uh, Collins and Cooper, both did really a, a really nice job. Just go look at the 25-yard touchdown run by Zeke, the second one of the game. Go watch all of the linemen. Coop, Cooper and Lyle Collins are doing their job tremendously. Zach Martin is too. Can I take one more step beyond that is Cooper on the outside. His ability to get outside. That was and make one block where he did that. Yeah. yeah. It, I think that was where, if, if they can get him to do that consistently, you already got guys that are very athletic on this offensive line. And Zeke talked about it after the game. The reason why that, that screen works so well was to say, he said it's the exact same play they ran in Pittsburgh last year. But the reason it works so well is because they got good athletic offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. If they can do that consistently, it presents a whole new wrinkle in this this offense. That teams that are aggressive, some of these teams that they've played so far that are really aggressive, uh, like Denver, if you can get those guys on the outside out there blocking, you can open up some opportunities to be able to really take advantage of of aggressive defenses, and they haven't been able to do that consistently this year. That's the one area I think that has started to click yesterday. I'm interested to see, uh, not just in the runs, but also in the passing game, how you can get those guys out into space blocking for Zeke, and that gives them some opportunity to make big plays. Yeah, and Zach, I, I was talking to Zach Martin, and he was telling me that their biggest problem was just being, like, everyone being on the same page. The five of them being on the same page to where everyone is capable of doing their own job and not having to worry about the guy next to you and taking care of that. So hopefully this was the start of an offensive line being right on the same page and everything flowing smoothly. Now here's a question about... Terrence Williams, where was he this week? And once again, um, we've had some issues with him, seen him struggle. He had three targets and zero Zero catches. catches. So who cares? um, People do apparently. Yeah, people care. (laughs) Still care about that, but I I don't know. Like you played offense exactly the way you want to play. Zeke set a new career high. Dez had a solid game, made a great catch. Jason Witten, awesome. Like. I mean, Cole Beasley didn't have an amazing day either, but, like, that doesn't matter when you they had 500 yards of offense. I mean, there's only so many balls to go around. Terrence had a, a chance at a touchdown. Uh, I mean, you could say he, he didn't do a good job with his hands. It was a little bit overthrown, whatever. I don't but know if he would have come down. With- yeah, it, it, it would have been a very nice play. Yeah. I, I'm not going to kill him for that. I mean, yeah. Um, 
but I, like I'm I don't I'm just I'm not gonna dog the guy for not having a great day when the overall result was so awesome, you know. That's just fans nitpicking and what. 40 points isn't enough. I mean, they did everything they wanted to. 49ers couldn't take away Dez, and so that's what happens. If you're not going to take away Dez and Witten, then... We've said... You know. How many million times have we said that Terrence is technically the number two receiver, but he's really the fourth or fifth option? You saw yeah. that come play out. Yeah. Um, so, no, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a great day. He didn't need to have a great day. Everybody else did, yep. so... All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We're back tomorrow. We'll give you a big picture look at what's happening around the NFC East, particularly tonight. The Reds, I mean, the Eagles and the Redskins face off in Philadelphia. That's a very important game for the Cowboys. So make sure you check that out. We'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow and then give you a bigger picture look at the Cowboys as well. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?